I, someone's going to need to do some investigative reporting, but did he get hair plugs or did he just decide, F it, I'm growing it out? It's a fair question. I'm not sure. I think he has to have gotten hair plugs. Yeah. I think it's like a Wayne Rooney situation. Like, I don't think you, I don't think you rebound like that. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Rap Podcast. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers. We talk about college football. We talk about our lifestyle decisions. We talk about it all. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelrap.com. You can send us emails. We will read them. We will likely respond to them in overwrought fashion to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. And you can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Pod Center. And I've been notified that Stitcher is gone. RIP Stitcher. So um, uh, our, our our chief Spotify man on the ground uh, has notified me of, of this. So maybe he has something to do with it. Maybe he... What if he's just sowing false seeds about competitors? Oh. Like, no, they're done. <laughs> take take like, your names out of your Yeah, I, I heard Apple Music went away. Like, uh, yeah. they're not doing it anymore. So. What's, the, what's the opposite of guerrilla marketing? I guess it's just guerrilla warfare. But that's what... It, that's it would what's be like doing. Blitzkrieg marketing. Yeah. That's right. Billboards. 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 They're not Sand, hiding uh, at all. Sandwich, sandwich signs. Guys yeah, just sandwich signs. In the street holding the spinny it. spinny yeah. sign. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, there's some some serious... There is a dude, sandwich board in it and or spinny sign in it, um, advertising a uh, adult entertainment uh, facilities lunch buffet in West Palm Beach the other day. Gentleman was white that and, had remarkably corn, Florida. And, and had cornrows. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm just Chris Long. I'm, I'm painting, uh, painting a picture. Somebody, for you somebody guys. wrote a movie and just said the most Florida moments. <laughs> was it riffraff? It, it was it was pretty riffraff. <laughs> it looked like he had flat teeth though. The ones that I could oh. see mm. that were confirmed. So. So close. Yeah, he didn't have the dude the riffraff video where he goes uh, I ain't got no money or whatever. <laughs> and then like he jumps his feet like lives rent free in my head that one's that one's crazy <laughs> the teeth the teeth blow my mind i don't know how you live your life like that but <laughs> anyhow all right um my name is logan whitehouse i'm on twitter at log on the dawn and uh yeah coming to you guys from stewart florida um some chilly weather here guys q-zip season is upon us it was like 56 degrees this morning when i left the house to go to the gym oh, so i mean that's downright downright nippy here um, some places in the peninsula were touching the 30s, I heard, uh, but not the southeast corner of the peninsula. So anyhow, who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we are also experiencing cold. Uh, I believe we did not reach the 20 degree mark until after 9 a.m. Eastern time this morning. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan. Uh, happy to report that our local Costco, at some point in the last week or two, got a, a brand new fleet of shopping carts. And Ooh. so mm. they are all like they were sturdy as tanks and all yeah. the wheels roll very smoothly. And I was shocked, like went in there on a, on a Sunday afternoon mm. just at how, how quiet it was from the lack of like cart 
noise. You, you don't realize how much uh, noise pollution. Are they like the ones that feel like they're almost like coated in some sort of like vinyl or I feel like the ones at my Costco are, they are also diesel big carts, but they, they roll great. And uh, they, but they have some, like, they have like a, like a coating on, they're not like metallic carts. They probably do. In finish. Um, these also, and your, your Costco's might be the same way. I'm sure they source from, from the same. Likely. Mass cart. Uh, yeah, there's a Costco for carts that the Costco shops at. It's crazy. They don't have the like front seat that folds in correct it's like it's built in built. yes yeah yeah <laughs> i was there it's today there. so i was taking note of, of these things so, yeah, good times. Yeah. sorry i was distracted thinking about the uh the costco of carts of costco carts because they buy them in bulk anyways uh my name's jason crick uh i am also in harrisonburg virginia uh where as jordan indicated winter uh, has arrived uh, we got a full 72 hours of fall uh, but, you know, we take what we can get. Um, got a little frosty this morning. Probably going to do the same tonight. Not ideal, but, you know, I'm just happy to be here and chatting with you guys. Pretty excited. We're here that you're, we're happy that you're here too. We're, yeah. well, we well, you're here that you're, you're happy. We're here, here, we're here for yeah. you to be happy. Uh, Jason, you were at the Dukes game, the Dukes, the, the B-ball game? Was. Was that yeah, I, I am fresh from uh, some some nationally ranked Dukes men's basketball so that's the man dukes not the lady dukes the the man dukes yeah. yeah they are number 22 in the country they are i i did leave early the game was well in hand wow the dukes are polishing off uh the buffalo bulls as hey we speak. now so <laughs> that's exciting uh, yeah dukes are fun this year very fun enjoyable good what are we drinking tonight fellas uh i've got a pour of some rum tonight okay this is uh, like Papa's Pilar rum. Nice. It is the Solera profile. So it's um, number 24, I believe. It is uh, distilled or still in pot stills. And then it is finished in a mix of bourbon barrels, port wine casks, and sherry casks, and then blended together. Is it the kind There's of like funky Caribbean rum? No, okay. it's not like a funky Jamaican. Not like this a, is like, they call it like Navy strength rum or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is almost, it's like borderline dessert. It's got like a maple-y, oh. syrupy yeah. taste to it. It's so good. Sounds good. Yeah. We, I, I was going to ask, I don't think this is it, but it, is that what grog is? I don't know what grog is. I remember that's, is that like more mead? I feel like grog was more of like a, like a, so, a akin to a mead, more of like a malt. Yeah beverage uh like but yeah i mean meat is made from honey yeah. so that's not a malt beverage either but um yeah true but yeah i think i, I, I feel like i feel like grog was more like uh akin to like a beer yeah i think that's probably right then it was like a hard distilled alcohol most of my um, knowledge on this topic comes from uh various uh, pirate tours that red wall uh, my red friends wall and books. i have taken yeah red wall <laughs> Yeah, they bring up they bring up Navy Grog a lot in the Red Wall book. Yeah, Clooney the Scourge out there on the freaking uh, ship, the Dawn Treader, whatever. The big rig. I believe I that know. is a different. Uh, I'm, not, I'm out here epic mixing. I'm, I'm, I'm blending You're epic mixing tales. Christian epics here. Take me to care Paravel, Clooney. <laughs> oh boy, what are you drinking, this Jason? Speaking podcast of podcast, is off to a wonderful start. I am not. I'm. I might be close enough to Bud Light. It's you know, 
Oh, very Mark nice. Um, I'm back on the red wine. Uh, this one is not the best, but it was brought to our homestead during the Thanksgiving. So and it's the thought that counts. Yeah. I'm just. What, what kind of red are we working with? Is it red blend? Yeah. Is it? I, th uh... I think it might be a blend or okay. a cat. it's ever a, some sort of a blend. Nice. Can't really, um, you know, my palate, clearly my palate is, uh, is can't put a palate on it. It's developing. Right I'm a red blend guy. I'm not, I'm not too proud. Yeah. The, a good red blend is very good. Mm -hmm. Well said. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, welcome back to you guys. Uh, good to see you again. Things are happening very quickly in the college football landscape. We got plenty of stuff to talk about. Shout out to Evan Shank. We've had a sparkling back and forth in the DMs. Uh, and by the DMs, I mean the email. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we might be we might be approaching an agree to disagree situation, which is great. A true hallmark of uh, adulthood, right? Yeah, finding finding common, respectable places where you. Don't My man Evan can construct an email, though. I got to hand it to him; he does a good job with the bulleting and the tabbing, um, and uh, and 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 does his research. He brings his research, which I also appreciate as a as a data lover myself. A, a fiend for the numbers. <laughs> I, I fiend for the numbers. So, uh, speaking of fiending for the numbers. We had the the probably this is the penultimate playoff rankings um, this past week, but uh, the ones that really kind of like matter ahead of this weekend, right? The really the only playoff rankings that matter <laughs> that, that aren't the ones that uh, happen on Sunday. So uh, in order, we have number one Georgia, number two Michigan, number three Washington, and number four Florida State. I probably should have kept up the rankings so that I could see what the rest of the teams were, because that's kind of what's interesting to talk about. But um, off the top, you guys got any issues? I mean, it seems like they're setting up sort of a win and you're in situation. I mean, obviously for everybody, but like FSU was kind of the one that was giving the most chatter. Uh, I feel like if they take care of business, there's, they're not going to keep them out. Yeah. So I think, uh, and you know, it's always, it's the easy cliche to say that these aren't the ones that matter. Um, so they can really put, whoever they want here and they're rarely beholden to it later um but sure, yeah, I, I think, think it, i think these ones kind of matter though because i think they kind of give away their like their value system away a little a, bit, a little this, bit of the thought one. process for sure but yeah. i don't i don't think like like for instance i you know it wouldn't shock me to see if oregon you know dump trucks washington it wouldn't shock me to see them jump to three and jump florida state and Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, that's yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. But I, I think you know, for the moment, I think these are mostly fine. Um, it's really yeah. this year. There's eight one-loss teams. That's crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Really, power five teams, teams that have a shot. Um, but right. um, I, I think they did what's easiest, which is if you're in a power five conference and you're undefeated, you you're in right now. And if you have one loss, then you're not. And that's the next four. The next four. Uh, I pulled it up. Are Oregon at number five, Ohio State number six, Texas at number seven, and Alabama at number eight, which does uh, no favors to uh, Jordan and I's theory last week of Alabama jumping all the way in uh, if they beat Georgia. Yeah, so I don't I, think it's I out still, of the realm of possibility, but I still have a tough fully road. on board with our theory. I just was a little surprised that Texas and or Alabama did not creep up above Ohio State after Agreed. the loss. Yeah, they give, just because they give Ohio think, State a lot of credit. I think uh, Alabama moving from, say, seven to 
to three or or six. I don't know that they would have gone six, but um, like what we're looking at is if Alabama wins and gets in, they either jump from eight to four and they're playing Georgia again in in right. the first round, or well, no, if. If they jump from eight to four, Georgia would have to stay number one for them to play Georgia in the first round. Oh, you're right. So and they would yeah, have Georgia's Georgia, not number one. But it would it would, right. would lead the awkward point of if Alabama. Well, unless Michigan Georgia. lost and and Washington lost and Washington sure, Florida State lost. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a weird situation in which everybody loses and the order stays right. exactly the same, right. which would so, be so dumb and um, hilarious. But anyway, I I'm think rooting it, for it, the it maximum gives, amount of chaos because the the guy. Who they trot out to ESPN every Tuesday night? Uh, Boo yeah. Oregon, I think. Yes. Um, the this fee, he, feeble old man. He's just a wet noodle of a, <laughs> yeah. of a personality on TV. Right. But I do remember him saying at one point, and this was several weeks ago. They were like, you know, we've got potential for unprecedented end of the year with all these undefeated teams. And he's like, yeah, you know, back when I wasn't on the committee, I I always rooted for chaos, and now I sure don't. And I was like, I want this man to have to explain. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Some he's going to take his turn. He's like, so anyhow, we just decided to put Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, and Alabama in because we figured those are the best ones. And yeah, yeah. I mean, so one of Washington or Oregon are going to get in. If Florida State wins, they're in. Michigan's a huge favorite. We'll talk about that later uh, in their game. And Georgia, a slight favorite. So, I mean... It could get weird if Texas loses and Florida State loses, and you're gonna really need some sort of a of a like probably unforeseen slip up by Georgia or Michigan too uh, to make it to make something weird happen. But you know, we believe in Deacon Hill. That's there's one, why they play there's the one game. thing this podcast does: it's believe in Deacon Hill. So we always have. <laughs> Levitar Joe, they were talking about just like how enjoyable it is to bet the under in the Iowa games because he's like they're always just like in the middle of the field. It's always like third and eight, and then they punt. And like it's it's just like you never feel like they're ever close. Yeah, they play thirty to thirty at all times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're they're the uh, Michael Bradley. They're the Michael Bradley of yeah. uh, of college football teams, box to box. I was I was talking with somebody today, and he said that college football was boring this year, and I told him he was crazy. Like hmm. college football is super fun this year. College, like, it was, it was, it was fun this year. It's been very chalky, but it, like, ultimately, I think it has sure. been very chalky. But it's, it's. Been I would fun. say, I would posit that the chalk has expanded a little bit. I, think. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I think there are seven or eight teams where if, if I, it's a sidewalk like, chalk situation now. If I, yeah, the hopscotch situation. Um, a nice thick if boy. I like, if I rolled in and I was like, "I'm from the future," and you know, any of these eight teams won the national championship, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be that shocked. Like, Alabama. I'd be surprised if Texas won it. <laughs> probably. But that's probably. It's true. not shocked. Just because but, I don't really trust Sark. Uh, I feel like Texas still yeah. has the anything can happen in a Texas game situation, and cool. I do think that like. I mean, plus now they're I, motivated because the Big Twelve didn't vote him coach of the year, just as one final middle finger, which is hilarious to me. Who but, did they vote coach of the year? Oh, Gundy. Oh, Gundy. Wow. Yeah. Gundy. I, I mean, anytime you lose to South Alabama at home, you should you, you did a hell of a job coaching. What, what better coaching job could you? Yeah, have? the redemption yeah. tour after that game was incredible. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> coach of Jordan's wallet, am I right? So if we wanted to do the thought experiment here, the conversation we would be having next year would be amongst 
your 10, 11, 10 through 14 ranked teams are Penn State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, LSU, and Louisville. So uh, right now, the I guess the line would be Ole Miss would get in in the 12-team playoff next year. Um, I don't know. I think there's going to be some really interesting first-round games in the playoff. Um, I do think that this will kind of detract a little bit from the regular season. I don't also think that that means they shouldn't do it. How about that? How about that for a fence-sitting When you take? say this, you're saying the expanded playoffs. The expansion right? of the playoffs, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think... People make that what, point and make it seem like it's like the only thing that matters. It's like, oh, it's just going to suck now. It's like, that, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, no, see, <laughs> I, I would push back on that a little bit because those teams that you mentioned, like, none of them are playing this weekend. So right. we they have no more opportunities to improve their resume or, sure. like gain another big win so so like iowa at 16 is the team that if they pulled off the upset could maybe be the team that moves their way up and gets in right but it's one of those things where it's like if yes it's good i think it's going to take away more from conference championship weekend than it will from oh yeah, that's season that's, as a whole. that's probably true um, that's a that's a more reasonable take i don't know if i'm fully on board with it but that's more that's more fair now we'll we'll record this podcast same time next year and i'll be able to say yes i was right or no i was wrong but, sure uh, that's why they play the games yeah i mean i just i feel like it's a lazy take to be like college football has the best regular season in sports and this is going to ruin it like i just think that's that's just too far of a step like i i think you can say that like yeah maybe maybe a little bit of the shine will be taken off of some of like the big big games like ohio state michigan at the end of the year felt like a playoff game sure like if if you're if you're bemoaning the fact that that game like if you're suggesting that that's not still going to be a big game you're wrong first of all right. and if you're like because look how big a deal it is to both those fan bases like before and after and you know we're still talking about Ryan Day like job security after that game and then I just I think that having more and then and people kind of turn around and complain about like people skipping bowl games and everything else like you're gonna have more meaningful football later in the year like I don't understand how that's a problem I would be very interested to see how a team like Missouri matched up against a team like Florida State like right now yeah. in 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 this awesome. in this state right like Penn State I hate watching Penn State right I think they're like Iowa with rims but like they. <laughs> are really good and you know they could give a team like Oregon fits because they play such good defense and like are totally down to play just like a super fugly football game right so like I think that you're gonna have some really cool matchups that you wouldn't normally see or you would see in a bowl game and that you would be about because like the quarterback would be sitting an out. exhibition game right yes right so um, I'll also point out I, that I, I, totally... I do just think yeah the one to two percent that you might lose on like zest in the regular in a regular season matchup is going to be made up for with like very tasty matchups in the playoff. And I'll also point out like, do you do you honestly think like people are going to care less about the Iron Bowl, or do you honestly think people are going to care less about like? No, I mean you're exactly Al- right. Alabama Alabama plays Texas the week before the Iron Bowl next year. Like that's going to be awesome. Like love seeing that. No, mm-hmm. it's all the whole process of how we got there. Pretty gross. But like, I'm also old <laughs> enough to remember the dozen things that people have said 
oh, this will be the thing that ruins college football. And, oh, look, it's more popular than ever. So, like, yeah, play, players are getting paid now, and we have somehow survived that. Right. So. Shocker. Well, and what, I, I'm I, old enough to remember when the BCS was going to ruin football. I'm old enough to remember the 14 playoff was going to ruin football. I'm old enough to remember cost right. of living or cost of attendance payments were going to ruin football. <laughs> And then NIL was going to ruin traveling, football. Yeah, traveling too far in early season games. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I also think too that oftentimes in this, you know, it gets a little like what about is me like when you start doing stuff like this. But like, oftentimes the same people who are giving this argument are like the biggest NFL pumpers. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, how yeah. can you, how can you, like, so, so you're admitting that the NFL has kind of like a juice-free regular season? Regular because season doesn't matter. Frankly, right? it kind of does. But then, I mean, people are just super horny for NFL Sunday every week. Like, and you know, we right. we all sat through, we all watched that Texans Jags game happen. Like, that was the one I was subject to yeah. last weekend, and it was awful. Um, you know, you could talk yourself into C.J. Stroud being good, sure, but like that. It was there was more like I was more just interested to see how CJ Stroud looked than I was excited to see like a 17 to 13 football game, right? Well, you know, it's the same idea of like if you're if you're only viewing every single game through the lens of how will this affect their ability to win a championship, and that's it as a fan, like I'm not talking about the players, they can focus on whatever they want, but if you're a fan and you're yeah. just viewing it through like okay, I got to monitor this and like, I'm going to track their percentages of winning a championship in my head. And that's what makes like you, you and I are not the same. Like we are very different because I like it. It's okay. Cool. That's a thing to add. Like, Oh, if it's super tense, but like that Alabama play to beat Auburn would have been 99.99% as awesome if there was a 12 team playoff and it wasn't make or break for Alabama to keep their hopes alive. So like, what do we, why are you watching the game through that lens? Why don't you watch it yeah. through the lens of like, this is an awesome game played by freak athletes. Like let's, let's watch that. Which appears to be wonderful. what people do when they get very excited about a week four matchup between the dolphins and the chiefs in the NFL. Right. As well, like, they should. There are exactly. super good games. Yes. Like, right. That's right. wild. Like, but it's kind of like, like ultimately said, just... like that game matters a lot less than the Auburn Alabama is going to matter in, right. in the future format either. So, okay. And you should good. still be enjoying that. And we're all, we're all arguing the same side. And you know, like, guys, so. football's great. All right. It's not with us for very long every year. We, we gotta, all love it. it. You got to drink it it's up. Wonderful. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the transfer, transfer portal is happening. I don't know if any of you guys have any uh, happy portaling um reports to make uh the, the the i guess the big one that we kind of hardy hard about earlier was max johnson texas a of of texas a&m horizontal interception in the end zone fame um uh is taking his talents to chapel hill so yeah he's already exited the port yeah good good luck to him hope hope that goes a well little, little cup of coffee in the portal little this little is his bad. third school he started at lsu i think yeah that, that sounds, sounds right. right yeah so I I'm just fascinated. I'm again fascinated to see what the prognosticators think about UNC heading in next year. The yeah, the quarterback from Kansas State is that Will Howard? Is that his name? Yep. Are, He's pretty good. There are a lot of quarterbacks, like Power Five quarterbacks, in the portal right now. Max Johnson, like already, good. got that. He's riding riding the lightning from his big seventeen point for performance for the Gators. Did you repeat Max Johnson? Or are we talking about? Uh, I'm I sorry, you? Max. Uh, God, the Florida quarterback that started the game. Why did Brown. Brown? Yes, he he there hit the go. portal today. Max wow. Brown. Uh, I saw Stanford's QB three is in the portal. Sure. I think all three Michigan State quarterbacks are in the portal. Yeah, Riley right. Leonard has entered the portal. 
Uh, I would uh, already going to be targeted to be going. by yeah. the Golden Domers. Yep. They're uh, just gonna get. They're just gonna get all the uh, all the strapping Carolina area QBs. Our boy diet Josh Allen's. They can <laughs> chomp yeah. up. Freeman's never our gonna boy. actually have to like develop a quarterback. He's just gonna bring one in from school every year. Rotate to an ACC. Brandon Armstrong uh, next year. TV. TVD already gone. Yep. Uh, TVD. Sorry. TVD. Um, He's in the portal, great. right? He is in the portal. Yeah. Uh, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina for his 27th year of eligibility. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and that's... I saw some rumors of uh, Cameron Ward from Wazoo. I don't know if he ever actually. Oh, he I think he's definitely going to go in. Yeah, he's, he's getting a lot of attention from like like he's probably going to play for USC next year. Is kind of the I think yeah. the assumption. Makes sense. Uh, previously stated, Will Rogers. Da, 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 da. I mean that Indiana's a, quarterback is in the portal. Indiana's two quarterbacks are in the portal. Not that that would be significant to me. In Indiana and Michigan form. State, they got like five quarterbacks in yeah. the portal, which is half the yeah, Big so Tweeted out a list of notable QB names that were already in the portal and what their EPA this season was, and there there were one or two names on there that had negative EPA on the year, and it's like, man, I love that confidence of just like. Someone yeah, else will want me. The numbers weren't great, but I can I can bring value to your organization. Right? <laughs> hey, listen, you know everybody crushed me. everybody crushed the Graham Mertz situation. I wonder what his EPA was coming out of uh, out of Wisconsin, right? You know, and turned out okay in that regard. But uh, it's just going to be like this every year. Just like the great the great reshuffling of the deck of quarterbacks uh, yep. is kind of interesting. I think this should be the last year that we have like. The COVID hanger owners, right? I think so. This could be uh, pending, you know, some like well, pending some like yeah, stuff. extreme injury, Richard. I mean, we 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 had a a news story today where uh, Spencer Rattler was declaring for the NFL draft, as if he could have either taken his talents elsewhere option. or played again. Um, interesting. I'm, I'm again, South Carolina. Get my eyes on you. I'm kind of curious. He did. Glad. He did have another year of eligibility, though. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like I was in college when he like played his first year at Oklahoma and like almost won the Heisman so he, as a freshman. He registered as a freshman, almost won the Heisman as a redshirt freshman. Then okay. that might have been his. I don't remember if that was his COVID year. Or the next year was COVID year, and so. And then he played, and like then they like brought Caleb Williams in, right? Yeah, like he, got, he uh, kind of usurped him. He, he is or EJ Manuel. He is foregoing his sixth collegiate season. Is it Taj Boyd or EJ Manuel? I, th I think it was Kelly. Uh, oh, Kelly Bryant. Bryant. Right. Yeah. Apologies to the Bryant family. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep an eye there. Uh, there's going to be. I know. I know the team that I root for in Gainesville. Uh, should hopefully be fairly active in in the portal season. I'm talking receivers. I'm talking linebackers. I'm talking defensive linemen. I'm talking offensive linemen. Although offensive line is like historically one of the hardest positions to backfill via the portal. Uh, there's usually only like one or two like power five caliber like linemen that go in and through the portal and actually transfer. So. We you got to really know how we'll to see. identify O-line talent. Yeah. Really well or you got to get kind of like lucky. Like didn't Virginia's good offensive, like was he a guard or a tackle? Like went in the portal last year, went to Penn State, right? 
Well, so they, yeah, they got the guy from uh, Air Force, I believe it was, Oluwatime. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. And he spent a year or two in Virginia and then transferred to Michigan for right. his finals. Yeah. So, anyhow. All right. Uh, let's take a ride on the carousel real quick. Names continue to jump uh, around and on and off the, the carousel. So, uh, Michigan State, Texas A&M, Northwestern, Mississippi State, upon last recording at all, uh, we all had some closure there. Syracuse has joined the fray, hiring Fran Brown, uh, University of Georgia's oh. defensive backs coach. Uh, he's a New Jersey native. Um, that seemed to be all that people were kind of connecting the dots with. Uh, from from a position coach to head coach is a big jump, but uh, he seems motivated to do the job and you know he's kirby starting to get the saving thing right so he's got kirby dust on him. you know he stood next to kirby for a while he learned he learned some, a thing yeah. or two so i i get no i don't know anything about fran brown other than that georgia's dbs are always excellent and appear to be well coached that's a good start <laughs> yeah, absolutely How uh the other you been at georgia so he's just there two seasons so he must have come in after Lanning left. Before that, he was DBs at Rutgers. Oh, there you go. But New Jersey he's guy. Been, spent a lot of years at Temple, so he's from the Northeast. I get it. Oh, Piscataway. Love and it. I don't think, he knows how I don't to improve up there. Syracuse was never going to, you know, land a dominant, like, oh, they won the press conference. So I think yeah. that's that, – Dan Mullen – I get it. I don't know that Dan Mullen would have won the press conference either, but I – I think that would have been maybe a, a splashier name. Um, and he sure. kind of, I guess, like f- fairly uh, squarely squashed any rumors connecting him to at least Syracuse mm-hmm. uh, earlier this week. So uh, Oregon State also has come closed. Trent Bray, the defensive coordinator that was on staff under Jonathan Smith, is the new head coach at Oregon State. He was like notably missing from the group of coaches who were coming to uh, East Lansing with uh mr smith um and people kind of were figuring that was because he was likely interviewing <laughs> and, and he got the job so uh, house shopping for a bigger one right absolutely uh the so that's i think all the cl- jobs that i've seen that have closed in the past couple of days openings we still have boise state indiana houston new mexico san diego state louisiana monroe utep duke and middle tennessee state join the fray rick stockskill out uh, I guess he re- did he retire? I think he might have retired. I think they fired him. He'd been there oh, like twenty five okay. years, didn't they? He'd been there for a long time. I wasn't sure if that was a uh, if that was like a might mutual been, parting of ways or like a you know, know. all the all the language says fired. So. Okay. Awkward. Um, the Blue Raiders. I think yeah. uh, Stephen Godfrey is seems to be alluding to MTSU maybe maybe going to triple. Maybe maybe looking looking to oh, yes. someone who runs the triple, which would be love cool. that for them. Love that for them. But we'll see. Um, oh, San Diego State is closed. We we yeah, forgot. I'm sorry about that. Yep. Uh, I um, will, out of journalistic integrity, say that uh, reports have surfaced in the last couple hours of a private jet going from Harrisonburg, Virginia, to uh, the University of Indiana. Um, with the understanding that Kurt Zignetti is high on their target list. Don't know to what degree that means. Don't know. Don't know how serious it is, but yeah, I, I can't wait there. And it's Kirk Signetti taking on like Illinois. 
Yep. On CBS. Bert. We I'll got Gary. This. You got Gary Danielson on the call. Uh, so yeah. mad. Gary's going to be Love furious it. next year. Uh, it's he's going to see any Alabama games. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> gonna I will crazy. say, at some point, Kurt Zagvetti is going to take a different job. That's probably true. Yeah. He, he this seems like a really to. stupid one to take. Well, Big Ten like, money. It's, I'm sure it's, they're going to quadruple his salary. on par with like, you're going to go, what did Bud Elliott say? It's a J-O-B job, all right? You, you're going to take the check because you're going to take the losses. And you're going to probably, like, set your family up for forever, ever, when, and make 30 yeah. million in the neighborhood yeah. of 25 $30 million, and you're probably going to get fired in three years. And, you know, you make, may have to live in an outpost for a little bit, but <laughs> sometimes you got to well, so peck a bird before you die, thing. right? That's how it goes. Sigvetti's, like, 60. Sigvetti's got, like, 10 yeah, years. Yeah, he's not young. Him. So, like, this is just like, weird ball. to me. He's loves coaching ball, but like, you know, you're never gonna finish higher than sixth or seventh in that league. Like, you're about to be yeah. in a league with Ohio State and no divisions anymore. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, uh, Oregon, Washington, USC, like UCLA. That's six, six right there that you straight up can't compete with dollar to dollar. So, like, what are we? Then you just get uh, waxed by Michigan State that hasn't had a coach in like five months i mean and like and i believe from what i saw like most of their offensive line and both of their quarterbacks are transferring it's just it's a very weird fit and it, they're probably gonna offer him you know four million dollars a year and i get that but well there's money but there's also like a lot of coaches i think just have that irrational confidence of like yes if, no, if i put it all together and put one yeah. good year then i can vault myself from indiana to a higher level where I can and actually... again and yeah the, nobody has uh more I am simply built different than them than college football coaches in today's <laughs> day and age but again he's got 10 12 years left so like I don't know it just feels like to me you do it again next year you can get a better job than Indiana and if you really want to like jump into a treadmill that's already running you can do that and you can but like at indiana like you're never going to sniff the playoff at indiana jmu has a better chance at making the playoff than indiana does 100 percent. yeah i mean that's probably true but the uh yeah i mean i don't know the money matters for sure money and matters. Yep. like it's i guess I'm, I'm, I'm curious like uh why he wouldn't maybe be a better candidate for duke yeah um yeah. just like and, and i'm just doing that, like that made a lot i'm of just sense doing like perception that. fit not yeah. like I, I don't know what duke's after and um maybe duke hired an old guy to be their coach a while ago and like you know felt like it was just kind of flat and they liked younger you know modern football coach guy but it's kind of like you know what does that what does that really mean i feel like a guy like signetti is probably if if he gets if he could like have a program like duke above their normal um you know trend which is not good punch above their weight then um, yeah. like you know I, I don't think you're going to win the national championship or make the playoff at duke either but you know he's coached in you have he's coached in the carolinas before like he's recruited in the southeast campaign. before like yeah. i don't know to me like it, it makes a lot of sense but maybe indiana is a better job because they can pay more and or they're motivated to pay more so but we're, yeah. we're also just totally speculating that that was the reason for that plane flight they could be a guy just going up there to get a shrimp cocktail so sure. that could be the tony elliott throwing off the scent who's to say 
Oh man, came, Mercy. driving came, an hour to S- came all the way to Shenandoah Valley. Valley Regional Airport. No place so close can take you so far. Logan. All right, I'm, I'm talking Bloomington, Indiana, especially so if far. you're currently in Charlottesville. If you're no sitting in Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay, um, we did mention San Diego State's club Sean Lewis, former play caller at Colorado for eight games uh, and head coach at. Kent State? Kent State, thank you. Um, successful head coach at Kent State. Um, did you see, like, Kent State almost made a bowl when he was their head coach, and I think they they played, like, Georgia, maybe Ohio State. <laughs> like, they played their schedule last year that they played when he was the head coach was insane. Yeah, they got paid for sure, but I think they're um, a, a pretty uh, down bad program, like, Super down bad. Yeah, he, so. he turned Kent State into bowl eligible, and that is not nothing. Who's on their really schedule? Bad Look program. at their their schedule last year was insane. So, um, twenty twenty two Kent State. They went to Washington. They went to Oklahoma. They went to Georgia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that is. A, can was, you imagine? And then, the and then just schedule. and then just slinging into the MAC after just straight taking, into taking those like all top well, so, playoff rankings. Yes. So here's what happened. They uh, they. <laughs> Played at Washington, then they played at Oklahoma, then they hosted Long Island, who I believe is still FCS. Then they went to Georgia, and then it was Ohio, Miami of Ohio, Toledo, Akron, Boston. <laughs> they had that. They had that get right game against Long Island yeah. to get them ready for the Bulldogs. Yeah, yes. for Stetson Bennett and the boys. I think they gave Georgia hell for like a quarter too. Like I remember that being one of those like, oh, Georgia. What's they the only lost thirty nine twenty two. So I think they got feisty yeah. with them. <laughs> Look at that. So anyhow, um, I think. Anyways, uh, I think I think he's a really good coach. I uh, yeah. am glad that it seems that he's Shawshanked his way from Boulder to a head coaching job. Uh, I think it's a good hire. I have no idea if it'll work. We should mention the vibes. Are, Nelly, the but... vibes are getting kind of weird in Colorado. Are we, we ready are... to to put a are little we... warm on Dion's seat already? We, I don't we're think we're ready to have a conversation about. I don't Dion. think we are. I just think that like it is going to be very interesting how the like Dion public persona goes over after they lost five or six games to end the year and the recruiting class is kind of falling apart publicly and it would appear that there may be some recruits that are just using committing to colorado to sort of boost their um profile their profile a little bit and i don't think that their like nil situation has gotten demonstrably better i mean maybe it's gone from like non-existent to existent which would be better but you know i don't you know he's already out here kind of doing the mark soups we need more money thing um I, I don't know if his kid is coming back to play quarterback. His offensive coordinator has been fired. His big move that he made during the year was to make Pat Shermer the play caller, which is wild. Um, his defensive coordinator is also has also quit or is out. So, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of wholesale changes. There. changes. It seems like that place is going to be kind of like chaotic and held together with duct tape, like as it kind of rumbles along. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, it's portal season now. If if they can get a bunch of talent in there. Uh, it could be interesting again, but I just don't think that. I think we all suggested that they probably weren't good enough to compete on the lines of scrimmage, and I don't see that changing like in in twelve Anytime months. Anytime soon, yeah. Seemingly, right. we have done nothing to uh, stem the tide. Yeah. So, um, but if he really wants to be a football coach, he'll knuckle down. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's just fascinating how fast it turned. Like yes, and it was weird because like their first game was just awesome right and then their second game like 
they kind of should, maybe could have lost to Nebraska. Like that was yeah. not like Nebraska played. Nebraska played like a categorically horrific game. This was like Jeff Sims like turnover every other play. Nebraska, right? And um, what an era the Jeff Sims Nebraska era was, by the way. And, and then you know, and then they they needed overtime to beat Colorado State, right? And then it's like uh, I don't know. You could kind of see like. The oil was leaking week over week. They just started on such yeah, like a high note. Like the, the dam is leaking, and we keep putting a finger <laughs> yes. in the new hole that springs up, and eventually we run out of fingers. Yeah, and like I don't want to like, I'm not like rooting for Dion to fail. Right. Certainly, I I just you know, there is a certain amount of like, you're asking for um people to kind of windmill dunk on you online when you're going to be Deion sanders publicly and then not like you're going to have to eat it when things don't like go well for yeah, you yeah if and you're, you're, you're going to dish it out when it's going yes, well correct be, be prepared to right to reap what you sow and keep that same energy yeah Dion. and there's yeah and there's some there's some there were some sort of unsavory things that i think uh went on before the season and you know, seem to kind of continue to be going on. Like he, he very much is going to need to, I think, improve his like uh, bedside manner as a football coach dealing with roster um, management. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think he is probably not accustomed and maybe did not anticipate the challenges of like recruiting at Colorado and building and maintaining a roster like, his previous stop, he was not recruiting against the same type of ecosystem right. that he is currently recruiting against. So, headed we'll into see. the Big Twelve next year. Yeah, will be interesting. Okay, all right. Um, I think that's all the coach talk we had. Florida, a couple uh, position coaches are out at Florida. Um, notably, Corey Raymond, who was a big hire for Billy Napier two years ago, but that has not gone well. He coached the corners and the corners have been really bad. So. So were the changes only in the defensive rooms so far? Okay. So I, far. I, we'll I, I, the offense next I, week. I mean, I think there is an expectation that there's going to be some sort of a reshuffling of the deck on the offensive line slash offensive coordinator like rob sale is the offensive coordinator in title only he doesn't call plays he's one of the offensive line coaches they have another offensive line coach on field and then billy napier works with quarterbacks and, and calls plays and is like the offensive coordinator right so um you know i think that the to me the logical thing would be to try to hire another better offensive line coach maybe that has some like better recruiting chops um, and then hire a offensive play caller. And then that's, that's what I would prefer to happen. Um, but I don't where, know. Where is a uh, special teams coordinator on your wish list? It's, it's on there. It's probably below. I mean, <laughs> I think you should have one, right? I, I mean, this, it seems silly that you don't, but, um, the, the division of responsibilities is kind of weird, right? So like Corey Raymond was the like co-defensive coordinator and the cornerbacks coach, but he did not work with the safeties. Austin Armstrong coaches the safeties and is the defensive coordinator. Um, and, and similarly, they, they have a, they had Sean Spencer, 
the offensive, the defensive line coach, who's also been let go, um, Coach Chaos, you know, classic defensive line coach looking guy. And he, but he only works with the inside defensive linemen. They have uh, Gator great Mike Peterson on staff working with the edges and the defensive ends. So it's kind of like, and they are, yeah, the edges and outside linebackers, defensive ends, like those, that, that group. So, like it, it seems like there's kind of like weird parsing of groups that maybe only one person could or should be coaching that would free up like one or two spots sounds, for you to have. Sounds like they overcomplicated the recipe a little bit. Yeah, I would think so. And and maybe this is like these are the first steps into simplifying the recipe a little bit. So I I you know I gotta hand it to, to Billy like firing Corey Raymond is kind of a big deal because he was like it was a coup when you got him from LSU. He went to LSU. He recruited LSU. LSU was pumping DBs out every year. Um, Although you could make an argument that LSU's cornerback, highly like ranked cornerbacks, Patrick Peterson, non-Patrick Peterson division, like there were some pretty like notable flameouts in that group, right? Your Maurice Claiborne's, um, stuff like that. So I, I don't think that's an indictment necessarily on uh, Derek, Corey, Derek Corey Stingley Raymond. had a good year. Where where did he, where did he? Yeah, I haven't heard his name in a while. He seemed really what good in, in college. Um, but I mean, the same thing has happened. I think with a lot of Florida corners too. It's I think it's just hard to play corner. Like Chauncey Gardner Johnson has been an awesome defensive back in the NFL, and I don't think I ever thought he was the best cor- like defensive back yeah. on Florida. Like, and he played kind of like weird rover position, and then he now he's kind of like a a utility guy that is perfect for modern nfl defenses which is like huh didn't see that one coming so yeah um but anyhow yeah changes changes afoot in gainesville which i i you know i gotta say you get it you gotta do something so this may be an investment to show to show people that you actually realize that some changes need to be made yeah and then like i mean not nothing i i heard I've, i've heard also too that like Corey raymond not a big fan of the nil situation um has not i think he's kind of soured on recruiting and nil stuff and in, in the past like handful of years as that's become like a bigger piece of the pie i wouldn't be surprised if he was coaching dbs in the nfl next year so anyhow we'll, well i'm sure i will have way too much analysis of florida position coach changes on future episodes get excited we look forward to when we roll back out with rob sale Christi- uh, uh darnell stapleton and uh Billy Napier, the three-headed monster on off- of offensive coaching. Uh, you know, I'll have something to say about that too. So, Jordan, let's talk some football games. Well, uh, before we completely get off the carousel, oh, okay. Bobby Petrino is going back. To oh my gosh! Yeah, totally forgot. Jeez. Back yeah. to Arkansas. Gosh. That happened so fast too. Like they said that they were vetting him. The jokes got made for twenty-five minutes, and then it was like, "Yep, yeah, they're moving to hire him. It's going to happen." Yeah. yeah, that was a that was not a subtle leak of like, hey, make your peace, this is coming. Like, because everybody immediately knew like, a uh, vetting here just means uh, seeding the ground. Like, that's all that. Yes, yeah. like they're floating it just um, to gauge the temperature. Like, is it just going to be jokes or is there going to be anything worse than yeah. jokes? Right. Also, well, how likely is a loss? Yeah. Vetting the guy um, who was your coach like four years ago is hilarious that you're making it seem like you, like what you're concerned fired. enough that something right. else may have happened. <laughs> we clearly are wondering about these last 48 months and aren't quite sure, but yeah, wild that they're bringing him back. And like somebody, I think it was his quote, like in the hiring release, he's like, I'm so honored that, that Coach Pittman gave me this opportunity and 
I forget who it was, but it might have been Kirshner was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was not Sam Pittman's call. Yeah. I don't think he brought in the guy. Sam that, Pittman doesn't uh, strike me as, yeah. <laughs> as a on the whole program and is very, like, transparently being placed there as like a, hey, if we need to make a move in the second week of November, this is our guy. And so... Yep. It's just very weird I, in yeah, all directions. I think, yeah, but like, I think Petrino also probably made a bet with somebody at some point. Like, I'm going to coach Arkansas again. I bet you I, bet you I can get back the there. Coach at Arkansas. Was again. it was Watch. it Bunky Perkins that said they need to bring in John L. Smith just so they can also they can complete the like the wacky uh, like the, 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 the same, what do they what did he call them like the the stupid sexy Avengers or something like that like <laughs> like <laughs> just like we need to have John L. Smith there for when Petrino inevitably does something to you know to step in to and gack it up <laughs> freaking John L. Smith that guy what's that hoot? I just love I I'm more bored of Jordan's vision I just like but Petrino like with a with three fingers of whiskey in like Ozark Arkansas like how much you want to bet I'll be back in Fayetteville in 12 months like I'll be the big whistle I'll be the, yeah that's 100 that happened he's staging what a kind coup? of who is the coach that tried yeah. to stage a coup at, at, funny, Auburn, at Auburn oh Auburn too didn't Kevin Steele try to do this at Auburn and then like they just cleaned house oh that rings a bell yeah yeah I think he but tried to get Harson Palmer like yes doing a bunch of actively things. actively uh like a, leading a revolt against uh was it i mean was it pruitt the guy that he helped hire yeah 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 hmm. what's pruitt up to these days god hopefully staying at least 500 feet away from chuck e cheese's and playgrounds of that nature let's see here <laughs> most recently a senior defensive assistant for the new york giants oh. that was two years ago hasn't done anything for two years well, he's probably just collecting, cashing that buyout check, and like has a sick king ranch and just rolls around town. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is kind of sad. Um, on you. July twenty seventh, twenty twenty three, the DeKalb County School System announced that Pruitt had been hired as a PE teacher at oh, Plainview High right. School and would serve as a junior high boys basketball coach. You know what? I hope he's had. I hope he's happy. Like that's all. That's crazy. The highest paid boys basketball coach yeah. in the country. When is someone going to take a charge? Oh my gosh, I forgot he's he got handed a six-year show cause this summer, so he's That's right. done for a while. Oh yeah, That's because wild. the the uh, the the McDonald's bag situation story was yeah. all linked to him. Yeah. Man, and they revolted against Mike Leach and uh, Chiano for that guy. I guess he went through it there. So bad. I almost want to go back and listen to those episodes. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> classic stuff that the was amount the of moment. delusion tennessee fans had during whatever <laughs> offseason that was truly Gosh, amazing was like gonna fuel me wonderful years. that was a college football moment all right let's go to pickville um we've got five games this is gonna come as a surprise to almost nobody but there are five games that we will be picking on this beloved conference championship weekend of weekends um we're gonna start friday night before we Boston. start do we do we want to talk about any of the others i mostly don't but if anybody had anything to say about like Tulane, i want to give them the floor no. i mean Tulane's yeah. probably the the if they win they're the Tulane's uniforms if for the record win, we the we are for... rooting we are rooting for Tulane so that they are the highest ranked group of five team because the Who alternative be otherwise is liberty you know it would be yeah life liberty and the pursuit of happiness Jamie Chadwell. Go green wave, go. Uh, yep. 
All right, Friday night, Las Vegas, Nevada. We've got probably the last gasp of the Pac-12 in yeah. in its current it's true. Sh- shape and form. Uh, um, force them out for one's homies. Two teams that are leaving. Oregon and Washington. Well, I guess everybody's leaving except for two teams. Square off at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And the Ducks are favored by nine and a half in this game. Jason Craig. That's such a big line. It's just uh, meaty, a meaty line. It's, a, it's, it's, it's so girthy. Boy. It's so girthy. Um, minus nine and a half. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Jeez, it's so big. It's hard to beat a team um, twice in a season. Many people will that's tell what you they that. Say. That's what they say. I. Yeah, I'm gonna take Oregon. It, it's if it was ten and a half, I might not. Honestly, that would probably be too big for me. But I'm gonna take Oregon to thank you to for beat them by ten. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to <laughs> supplemental. If I could buy it, if I could buy it up to ten and a half, I would love to take Oregon. <laughs> just for no Maybe reason. Maybe I'll bet. I'll bet Oregon minus Washington. nine and a half and Washington plus ten and a half. There I think Oregon's going by ten and a half. Exactly. I think. There yeah, are, you know that. Like, <laughs> margin of win fans you can bet on where it's like washington by seven to ten yeah oregon by seven to ten sounds like jason i'll tempt me with a good time jordan uh anyways i've just rarely a good time it's true i've been super impressed with oregon uh the last like month there we as discussed on sunday their offense is super fun uh they just seem to be uh, running people into open space at all times, which uh, is oh, both very man. fun to watch and generally successful. Take me back to the good times, uh, you know. <laughs> who, could, who could be such a thing? Um, but uh, I think, you know, we've we've commented on it before. Washington, uh, given you know as much as we as much as we love uh, our Mr. Phoenix Jr., uh, they've been kind of kind of begging for a loss. Uh, for a bit now, they've kind of been TCUing their way through the last month and a half. Uh, this just feels like Oregon taking out some rage on them and getting into the playoff. So I am going to take the Ducks. I hope it's an awesome game. The The Pac-12 deserves it. The Pac-12 deserves this to be like 42-32. So. Just real quick, Tio. Um, I, I just you mentioned TCU. I, I went. I forgot to. I was gonna text you guys this morning at like five eleven a.m. But I I overheard a man that I've seen in Ohio Blessings. State shirt at the gym, um, several on several occasions, just like wearing another guy out about how uh, <laughs> they knew that Michigan was stealing signs last year, so they called TCU up. And um, like 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 they just called TCU to to let them know that Michigan was going to be oh. had their signs and like I it was just like happen. I, that may have happened, but it was just like one of those yeah. like like what led to this conversation at this yeah. at this time of the morning and like I'm, you guys don't even work out together and he's just like he's got like one hand on the rack and he's just you know just giving it to this guy and I and he's like what had happened is that, and I just love the idea that like uh, Ohio State just called TCU like what is TCU's number like can we yeah. can we get does anybody have TCU? operator please yeah. connect me with TCU I'm football. going to call TCU yeah. and see if the operator can weave me through to the football coach but anyhow it was just kind of funny but it was also like um, of course an Ohio State fan is in here like this is what he's talking about right now is this not you know I guess I'd rather hear about that you know because it's funny than like Ryan Day should be fired because he's you know one 
like 94% of the football games on staff, but yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Huh. We can get there. All right, go ahead, Jordan. Sorry. All right. Uh, I'm also going to take Oregon. I said on the last well, that I already had Oregon minus nine. Um, turns out that pick actually didn't go through, so I'm going to be taking them nine and a half, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I, I just think like we've talked about again, and Jason touched on it, like Washington has been trending in the wrong direction as of late. I personally still think uh, Penix is hurt yeah. to some degree. And I think like for Washington to win, you need them to change trajectory, but you also need Oregon to change their trajectory. And right. I think both of those things taking place are unlikely. Um, even if Washington plays well, I still think Oregon plays well enough to win by 10, which is kind of wild, but they've been so good. Yeah, I uh, will not overcomplicate it, and I will go ahead and sit on Oregon as well. There was a part of me that thought about just throwing Washington in just for volatility's sake because to make up ground, but... Um, you don't have a lot of ground to make up. You're like well, okay, sure, but now I've only got four games to make up the ground that I need to make up instead of five. But yeah. it's all right. I, I, you're, you're, no, you guys, we still got, yeah, we still oh, got six, that's true. That's true. No, you, you guys day. are all over it though. Like Washington has been good. I just think that, like, the trajectory point is is very well made, Jordan. Um, and Oregon is like probably. It's not like Oregon didn't have a chance to win that game against Washington either, right? I think there was a missed kick at the end that was either a tying or winning kick, and Oregon was like, you know, we were talking about fourth down decisions after that game because a couple of them didn't really go in their favor that were the right choice, right? So, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, the, to me, this is one of those ones where it's like the head-to-head, the people who are just like, oh, you have to have them ahead of Oregon because they're, they beat them head-to-head. It's like, well, I mean, okay, sure. I I, no, I could I, rock with that, but I, you know, I think it it could and, and should be a, a good game. But Oregon, in my mind, over the duration of the game, has a lot more to offer right now in this iteration. Yeah, I I do think it's going to be interesting to see how Lanning coaches this early in the game because, yeah. like you said, Logan, there were some like he made aggressive fourth down and end of half right. drive decisions that didn't necessarily pay off, but they were playing from a different spot of we're on the road. Yeah. We are the underdog here. You do not need to approach it that way for this game. Sure. But I'm interested to see if he, like, no, we're going to keep that mentality or we're going to coach maybe a little more between the mayonnaise and the mustard on this one. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, looking back, seeing some wasted positions and they maybe make some different choices this game. And it's not like you weren't in it last time and you had wasted possessions. So, yeah. All right. We moved to Saturday. The Big 12 is playing for a championship game. OK State tasked with taking on the Texas Longhorns. Coach of the year, Mike Gundy. Will he have the boys ready? Who could say? Texas is favored by 14 and a half. Just a disgusting number. Truly disgusting. Truly sick. Um, I'll take OK State here. Um, They've burned me in the past, but I think, I don't know, man. I think they can do it. They don't need to win. They just need to cover. I think they have enough good options on offense to where they'll be able to put up points. Um, 
Texas still seems down to like turn the ball over a little bit and maybe not always make the big decision or the best decisions all the time. So I'll take the Cowboys. They have not played Oklahoma State this year. I guess I forgot the Big 12 got so much bigger this year. And it's they're, the bigger 12. It's the bigger 12. <laughs> so, so there's some teams they didn't hit. Texas has had a weird year. Like, they absolutely shellacked Texas Tech last week. And I feel like we we're like, oh, yes, everything is is fixed. And I know Quinn Ewers didn't play for a spill in the middle of the year. But, like, they kind of almost lost to Houston. They kind of almost lost to Kansas State in, like, spectacular barf-over-themselves fashion. I kind of almost lost to TCU a couple weeks ago. Uh, that Iowa State game was closer than it probably should have been, but ugh. I'll take Texas to cover the big line. They looked so good last week. Ewers being back, their receivers just like seem so big and strong and fast. I don't know what, what it is about. Maybe it's the uniforms. They they the, the monochrome situation going on, but. I, yeah, I'll take I'll take uh, I'll take Texas like motivated fu uh, you know they're kind of hosed on this playoff uh, ranking also by the way so might be um, I, they're the ones that I think got done I don't want to say done the dirtiest they, but they, they have they have the Alabama, least they have, at Alabama and they're like they, well, they have the, really no path right they had the least to yeah. gain um, but hey they should have lost Oklahoma who turned out to not be like as awesome as they looked in that yeah, game at least the shine came off that a little bit right. What a game that was. Um, Man, that was a great one. It was. The This line opened at 11.5, and, and ESPN has it up to 15.5, actually. Wow. Um, but as we are only betting at 14.5, uh, I am also going to take Texas. Uh, I think this game's going to get weird as hell. But uh, I agree with Logan. I think Texas's top-end talent still uh, is pretty far ahead of Oklahoma State's. Um, Oklahoma State is by the way, only three weeks away from just getting absolutely pummeled at UCF. Um, yeah, that was, that was a weird game, though. Yeah, that was weird. And then they... Uh, <laughs> they didn't have their BYU took them. Jordan told BYU me. took them to double overtime last week. Um, Texas also has another an extra day of rest. They beat Texas Tech on Friday night. An extra um, Sabbath. That's right. And so, anyways, I... That's such a weird line, but I'm gonna still take Texas. Oklahoma State's got an awesome running back, Ollie Howard, I believe his name was. He totes it too. They give him five tuds against BYU. Ollie Gordon. Ollie Gordon. Sorry. Yep. Sorry to the Gordon family. Apologies to. I knew his name was Ollie though. You did. Uh, In fact, the harder part. Memorable one. All right, 4 p.m. Still Saturday. The granddaddy of them all, Georgia, Bama. I'm assuming it's in Atlanta because that's where it tends to be for the SEC. Mercedes um, Benz. The Bulldogs, favored by five and a half American points. Logan, <laughs> please do the honors. Give me the Bulldogs. Uh, I think Alabama is coming in here. I don't want to say overvalued because maybe they're being punished a little bit for that Auburn game last week, but I, I don't think Alabama's trustable this year um especially against like the much like the the better teams on their uh on their their list so i just think georgia's really good man 
sue me. You know, their offensive line is pretty healthy. Their quarterback is is great. Uh, they've been running it really well the past few weeks. Bowers is healthy again. Like, there's just too many reasons to not think that Georgia, like, even like a bad Georgia performance, I feel like this is a 27-17 kind of win, right? That is sort of a typical Georgia win that doesn't necessarily feel like it's very much in doubt, but also isn't like, you know, I don't necessarily think that Kirby likes to just beat people 57 to nothing, um, except for the Florida Gators. He loves doing that to them. Too much respect for Coach Saban and what he's done with his program and for this game. Uh, I'm going to take the Tide. Ah, yes. I I think everything you just said is correct, Logan, and I however. bet there's a however. however. You know that I think that... The temerity. Uh, and there's a very good chance that, like, the, you know, 940 mark in the second quarter when George is up 21 nothing. I'm going to feel really stupid because that's probably what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just have a hard time picking against Saban in these spots. Uh, I think he this has probably been his best coaching performance in, gosh, a decade plus um, in terms of getting Alabama to this Alabama team to 11 and one. Um, I think this is a flawed Alabama team, but I think they, uh, you know, Nick Saban's still the best college football coach of all time, and I will uh, defer to that at the moment. And, um, you know, if that line wants to creep a little bit higher, may get a little bit of action. Good to say. I'm going to go ahead and hop Whoa. on that. I'm going to go ahead and hop on that Georgia first half spread minus three and a half. That's real quick here. Oh, yeah. uh, don't blame you at all. <laughs> all right. I'm going to also take Georgia here. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't feel confident in Bama showing up for all four quarters. Like, I think, I think they're going to have some flashes and they're going to figure some things out, but I worry that it may be a too little, too late situation. Um, I, I want Alabama to win this game because I think that would be sick. Um, yes. And it would, like, any anytime Nick Saban gets to, A, be in the position of, like, the span between the season being done and the playoff rankings being released, and he just makes yeah. hits on all the shows and campaigns and lobbies. That boy's going to be proselytizing. I'm so excited. Yeah. I hope it happens. So... I, I hope Bama wins. I think Georgia gets this done fairly handily. Um, they they have showed up every big game, every like, ooh, could this be the one uh, opportunity to, to knock off Georgia? They've figured it out and kind of left no doubt. So I don't know that this is a 14 or 17 point win, but I think seven is well within their reach. So I will take the dogs. Aru, Aru. We moved to APM where we've got a simultaneous, uh, you know, Finale. championship situation. <laughs> um, interesting and disappointing that they didn't stagger these kicks, but uh, they're both kicking at eight. The first being the ACC championship game. I believe this will be in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Louisville moves from the slice to Charlotte to take on FSU and the Knowles and whatever quarterback 
slash quarterbacks they still have available. The Knolls are favored by two and a half, and Jason gets the start. Yeah, I'm going to take Florida State. Uh, I think I don't know that Florida State is still the number four team in the country, um, and that's going to, I think, be an awkward conversation next week, but uh, I do think they're good enough to beat Louisville by uh, more than a field goal. Uh, I think they still have a lot of talent on that team. Or even just without, a field goal. Or just a field goal. Just a field goal is perfectly fine. Um, I still think they still have enough talent on that team, aside from Travis, that uh, I don't know that Louisville has a direct answer. Uh, I think that is predicated on Florida State protecting the pocket. Um, Louisville can get after you a little bit, but if they yeah. do that, I think I don't think they're in jeopardy anywhere else on the field. So, yeah, Knowles talking about. I'm also going to take the Knowles. Um, given the nature of like what they have to gain from winning this game, um, like they have so much more to gain than Louisville does, and like yes, they came out flat against Florida and looked very suspect. But to their credit, they figured some stuff out. They made some adjustments. Looked much better in the second half. Yeah. So I think you. I'm I'm counting on kind of a dual punch of probably not going to come out as flat against Louisville in this one now that they have a full game without Travis underneath their belt and they've shown the ability to make adjustments when needed. So give me the Knowles. Uh, yeah, I'll also take the Knowles. I think last week was really big for them. Uh, like tough, super tough environment. And they did come out kind of, like I said, when they came out a little flat, they almost seemed like they got kind of punched in the mouth by like an aggressive Florida defensive approach in the first half. Um, and they stayed really patient. They ran the ball. Trey Benson's really good. And I think we kind of like get lost in the two big receivers for Florida State and the fact that they like kind of seem like a bit of a highlight factory. Jaheim Bell's really good as well. They're tight end. He's healthy. It would appear at this point. They kind of get him involved in the run game in creative ways. Um, I, I think that Florida State should be able to take some stuff that worked in the second half last week uh, from a productivity standpoint and, and roll that forward. Uh, now, Louisville, like... I'm pretty sure they're like they're havoc rate, high havoc rate defense, uh, if I recall correctly. And they like to bring it. Whoa. Did you guys hear that? No. There's the, the the baby's piano is on the ground and like something like it just played a note. So there's a ghost in here. Um sure. anyhow, yeah, they're that that defense, like if if we get the Louisville defense that like blew up Notre Dame, I don't know. I don't know what to think, but I just uh, I don't think Louisville's offense is going to be able to consistently move it and score enough points for them to outpace Florida State. So I, I think this is pretty clear Florida State pick in my mind. Yeah, this is also like a tale of two momentums coming into this game. Sure. Right? Florida right. State, like like you said, big win, tough environment at the swamp. Uh, Louisville gacked it up against Kentucky. And Jack Plummer is also very down to throw some bad interceptions. Correct. So, like, not having Jordan Travis has nothing to do with that variable (laughs) in this game. Uh, The final of the Power Five Conference Championship games, as previously mentioned, also kicks at 8 p.m. Eastern. Michigan takes on the Hawkeyes of Iowa. I'm assuming slash hoping that Big Gus will be on the call for this one. Um, the line is a nasty one. 
It's Michigan yeah. minus 22. And even 22. That's great. It's one of, one of my uh, favorite roulette numbers. Shout out to my guy, Tanner. We like the 22. Um, this, Harbaugh's back, baby. And I right. have no idea what to think. But <laughs> I am going to take Michigan and assume that he wants to go scorched earth first first outing back. So this this could certainly blow up in my face a, a nice little like 17 to 3 win. It feels all you know equally likely, but uh I'll take Michigan. Yeah, I'm also going to take Michigan. I think Penn State beat this Iowa team 31 to nothing, which is like super Rings troubling. Super yeah. troubling to think about. Um, it was yeah, in for as much like some nasty weather. As we give Iowa's defense, like if you're given 31, I mean, I think there was some. I think there was like a potentially like a defensive score or a punt kick return or something in that game too. Couldn't have been too many kick returns if Iowa scored zero points though. So, um, yeah, I, I again, Michigan, I think is on the war path uh in as much as a team can be uh perceived slights or not uh or not or real slights uh <laughs> i think that they are motivated and they'll be happy to have their coach back and uh they'll be looking to put the hammer on a team um so i'll take michigan i just like i think there was one point early this week you could get like pretty good odds on like iowa like the line for iowa first half points was like 0.5 I mean, the total. Yeah. This, uh, I like, said that to you like guys. The, was, if the they scored line. a point, it was even money. It was right. 0.5, and the over was plus 100. And you can't even you can't even score one point. You know, it's crazy. That's true. Yeah. You have to score two. You have to. I'm gonna be um, taking a deep dive into uh, some punt props on this one. <laughs> okay, that's some true. Sicko Jordan bets. I love it. I'm so excited. Um, I am gonna take Iowa. Um, what a brave soul! I know Fair. it. That's what I always to, say. To receive twenty-two points in any That's, in any, I, you are so. I brave, will Jason. unselfishly take all twenty-two of these points. Um, and might need every single one of them. Uh, but I, it I, obviously Michigan is a better team. I, it's not even that close. I think they. I I get what you're saying about going scorched earth from him being back. I think there is equally as much chance that coming off a super emotional win and with, I mean, basically all they have to do is win this game and they're probably at worst the two seed in the college football playoff. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if there was a little bit of like oh, some close to the vestness. Screw it. Let's just get through it and not show anything. Um, particularly when I, I think if they score early, they, they might not ever have JJ McCarthy throw the ball they did not look you don't need uh, for, to though like quorum can pop off from sure anywhere. he can but i would say i think <laughs> iowa's run defense is better than ohio state's um and so i i think it is you don't think it is they gave up 31 points iowa to penn state you watched didn't we just talk about them giving up 31 points at penn state did penn state run it all over them they certainly didn't pass it all over them. I don't know if you've seen Penn State pass it, but they like they. Let's pull up the box score here. Oh, I mean, I... two hundred fifteen yards, but they ran it fifty-seven times. Holy crap! Oopsie! There's so many attempts. <laughs> um, that's one. No, I mean, I uh, you're you're you're. 
that I don't. I think you're in the neighborhood. Just I think uh, Iowa's defense is awesome, uh, and I like for the life of me can't figure out why no one can pry their defensive coordinator away to do more it's exciting things. Weird. He must think he's yeah. going to get the job. So that's awesome, good for him. Or he loves being there. And sneaky Iowa like puts a zillion players in the NFL, which is really weird. Yeah. Like the fifth, like like yeah. the fifth, like most yeah. NFL got a bunch of school, good boys. Anyhow, I, I just uh, anyways. I think that, I think there's a very the real chance that. Iowa can ugly this up enough to like lose lose twenty one nothing and beat the spread. <laughs> that would be a crazy cover. Yeah. It would be crazy if it, got to, I, I if it got it. to twenty and then like they went out to go for two just for no reason. Just no reason at like all. Michigan just wanted to get Michigan wanted to get a point. I wanted to get a, a, a two point conversion play on tape just the to Michigan get something to think about. <laughs> They do like the swinging gate, like terrible. Oh yeah, they basketball. definitely would. <laughs> they definitely would. Uh, so that's pick bill. That is. Go pick you know, bill. We're a, out here. A much reduced slate this weekend, unfortunately. So, I look forward to my two and three. Logan, week. you're playing golf from from what we heard. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I've got the the um, dawn tea time. The first, I think yeah. I'm gonna be first group so off and first off. Club. Yeah, force yeah, off the Florida club. Nobody in front of us. God knows we're gonna be playing with some geezers and be hacking it around. So, um, but you know, it's a good thing that I'm a flusher and I certainly don't hack it around at all. So, nope, quick player. No, get an opportunity to actually play with uh, my supervisor at work. So, shout out. Nice. I love uh, that. It's gonna be fun. We got a interesting expense that round. Interesting day planned. My former we're having a like little retirement party thing for like my former boss uh as well so um that's why okay. folks are in town figured the let's tee it up yeah yep pegs pegs in the ground at uh at 7 a.m so <laughs> might have to play the yellow ball early in the day get the wawa breakfast at get the visit is gonna be delicious that's yes right. it is it is uh all two full buckets of balls at 5.49 a.m. It's going to be awesome as well. Just really getting loose, getting into my process. Somehow already drenched in sweat. (laughs) (laughs) Driving range, I'm convinced that driving range is the most humid place on the face. Dude, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's it's nice, but it is like, especially at early in the morning in the summertime there, there. like it is, it's the stillest place on earth too. Like you just out there, you're like, oh, you could hear your ball cutting through the humidity, just (laughs) boring its way through. And, you know, as a Kenny Perry high ball hitter, you know, I I get up into the clouds, you know, for sure. So get up into the troposphere. Um, You guys got any big weekend plans? Uh, I think I'm changing my oil okay. on Saturday morning. Mm, okay. Nice. Nice. I'm also be taking a look at various uh, front end suspension pieces, see if we need any uh, upgrades, replacements. We haven't had a, uh, yeah, we haven't had like a, a massive overhaul yeah. that you and your father have undertaken yeah. recently. So thanks the Lord. It's yes, been nice. For sure. Almost a little unsettling. <laughs> um, it's true. But, it is a Subaru. Uh, so, I mean, you got to yeah, know that there's I, one in I the can, hopper. I hit 205,000 miles the other day. Congrats. She's, she's still doing great. Uh, we do have a brake job coming up that I think is going to take place the week between Christmas and New Year's. Um, I've all, I've recently discovered uh, that the driver's side vents are not blowing hot air, 
which is uh, a problem <laughs> in the winter. It's not ideal right now. Yeah, the, uh, the epiglottis must be getting stuck somewhere in there. So, yeah, I'm thinking it's either a would the uh, blend door actuator on on the driver's side and or I may need to flush the heater core, but uh, we'll see. It's going to hit the YouTubes. Your torque converter is low on torque. Must be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Torque converter. <laughs> I got a torque converter for you. Ready. Ready. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, I'll keep you posted early. I'll be up early on the grints. So, uh, you know, catch me. Catch me just dazzling, going super low on the front nine. Pins only. It's, it's really it's really that eight that eight through twelve stretch at the Florida yeah. Club where you where you really just have to hold hold on to your butts Hang on to your and then Grasp you get a, a couple hole a couple hole reprieve and then the finish is the diabolical finish is always fun. Well, eighteen is really you know it's hard. strange like not number nine I like number nine. Ah, that one does not suit me. Handicap holes. Yeah, that one does not suit me. I don't know why. I think it's because that, if you don't hit your drive far like, enough to the right. Yeah. It, it like you're blocked out by the trees and then and you're still like 195 yards away so like that's puts a lot of people in a pickle especially if you can't hit it 195 yards off the ground so yeah number nine is tough and then number eight can mess you up because it's a it's the par it's the water par five right so you get the the weird water par five and that can go off the rails in all manner of different ways. Yeah, that, oh, been known to bite us. Yeah. So you you come into number nine with varying degrees of vibes. Like you either played it great and you're like, oh yeah, yeah this is my time. Maybe that's why it's ranked one of the higher handicap holes because they know you have trauma from eight. <laughs> you got to factor in the mental strife that you just came yeah. off of. <laughs> like, well, these guys are going to be in a pretzel because of what happened the hole before. And now they got to do this. Right. These guys are on the last true. ball of their sleeve. They just made double. And... <laughs> I'm gonna need to in for beers and yeah. I'm gonna need to pick up a couple on the halfway house. A couple micheladas uh, or the night before. Nothing, nothing hits like a michelada at 7 a.m. Let me tell you. Wash it down with a little Wawa cold brew. Oof, just waging waging war on my large intestine. But... Yeah. How how much longer till uh, Wawa is churning out? made to order Mitchell. Oh man, like oh. like slushy style, like uh oh. like if they were doing bloody mary slushies. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine the, the scene in there on like a Saturday morning would be disgusting. And like the garnish bar they would have. <laughs> Bacon stick, <laughs> olives, olives, all manner of olives. <laughs> Looks like you could just get a glob of chow chow like it's a like it's a 7-Eleven <laughs> hot dog bar. <laughs> This is That's a, a great idea. Concept. That's a great idea. You know, COVID went away and, and the dipping dots left, but what we brought back was the the savory, this is the bloody mary of the future. <laughs> the bloody mary of the future. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, uh, we'll go yeah, ahead and land, land the, the plane. plane here. Thank you guys for making it this far this season with us. It's the Wheel Route Podcast. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can go to the wheel route, the wheel route.com, that is, uh, to listen to the show. You can see the picks spreadsheet there. Uh, probably find our contact info if you'd like to send us an email. Um, uh, but yeah, anyhow, thanks for joining us. Until we meet again, we love you guys. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.